This season of Coffee with Strangers is presented by Chesapeake Bank. Whether you're looking for a mortgage, checking account, savings, business accounts, or free Tootsie Rolls, Chesapeake Bank has all the products the big banks have without the phone trees. Plus, it's easy to switch banks or start something new with them. Visit ChessBank.com CWS to learn more. Chesapeake Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Welcome to a new Monday morning routine. It's Coffee with Strangers with Kelly Lemon. So I'm Melody Short. I am the co-founder of the Richmond Night Market. I'm also the co-founder of the Jackson War Collective, and I am part of the Metropolitan Business League, their marketing team. A lot has changed. Um, at that time, I was working a full-time job with a nonprofit organization, but I was also director of marketing for Aquaba Bed and Breakfast Inns, the largest chain of bed and breakfast, black-owned chain of bed and breakfast inns in the country. Um, and so I no longer work for either of the two. Interestingly enough, this is like my public announcement. I haven't really shared it publicly with anyone in terms of my Aquaba departure, but that's family, but I've, yeah. So, so at that time, um, Aquaba Bed and Breakfast Inns, we had landed a television show on the OWN network. So we had our own reality TV series called Check In, giving the world a glimpse of the life of a black-owned bed and breakfast inns. And, the life of the owners and just kind of what that looks like. Um, and so we just, I think, just finished wrapping up, um, taping the first season. Um, and so the experience taping a reality TV show was absolutely crazy and fun at the same time. We taped um, in Pennsylvania, so in the Poconos, for 10 weeks, almost 10 weeks. So what that required of me was literally uh, leaving Richmond every Wednesday to go to DC overnight to be in my in makeup on Thursday morning by I think maybe 10 a.m. every Thursday for 10 weeks and I would get back to Richmond in time to get my daughter to school on Monday so that could be Sunday midday that could be some crazy hour of the night on Sunday but I was always back in town in time to get my daughter to school on Monday so while we taped um, you know I had the good fortune of meeting some incredible folk that were guests on our show. Um, one, one episode in particular, Mickey Taylor, who was connected to Essence Magazine, iconic. Um, and so she was featured and just was able to kind of meet folks that you kind of grew up seeing and knowing or maybe seen them in passing but had the opportunity to spend some real time. But I think more importantly, we were able to show the world what life, um, the life of a bed and breakfast owner looks like. I think many people kind of look at it as novelty and you know, some, oh, I can open up the doors of my home and welcome folk just because you entertain your family and friends, but it is really a full um, service business, 24 hours on the clock. And um, it was crazy because it's like you have, we had guests that were paid guests already on the books before we got the deal. We had to honor those reservations, but we also had cameras following us. I mean, can you imagine? It was crazy. Um, but fortunately, our, our um, producers, um, the team were incredible, ended up feeling like family when it was all said and done. But it was quite odd to have to do a task over and over and over again for the sake of getting it on camera. Well, I feel grateful. Fast forward to present day and just kind of reflecting on it. To be honest, I forget about it. So I have not like gone back to look at all of the episodes, um, but maybe I'll do that because it is a, you know, when you think about it, it is a big deal and it's a moment in time that I'll always be able to reflect back on because it's documented. Um, but in hindsight, when I think about it, it was uh, an opportunity of a lifetime. You know, we talked a great deal about 
um, creating legacy within the black community uh, with business ownership on that show. And a lot of it didn't get captured because of the editing room. Um, but we spent a lot of time talking about that and just the history of the business and future plans for the business, the owner having only one child and just getting her to see the importance of legacy building. Um, and so um, fast forward to today, this is the work that I continue to do. And although I'm not um, a part of the working family in terms of a quad, but they're still very much still family. Um, you know, with COVID, I, along with many folks in the world, have had the opportunity to pause and really think about what's really important to me during this time and what type of legacy I want to leave myself for my daughter, Nia, and for my community. Um, and so I have had the great privilege of continuing my work with the Richmond Night Market um, with my business partner, Adrienne Cole Johnson, um, but also launching a business with um, Rashida Creighton and Kelly Lemon, the Jackson War Collective. And so what that does is allow me to continue the work of supporting Black-owned businesses now for myself and not for another organization so I can do it my way and do it the right way. So I have, you know, this work that I'm doing is not new for me. I have been doing this very uh, same work for the past 20 years. I've just done it for other organizations. I started in the music industry, which I think I shared um, on the original Coffee with Strangers interview um, with Sony Music Distribution. I worked with and for um, Black-owned record shops, right? And so I did that for Sony in, in the middle, um, the Mid-Atlantic region and the Northeast region and also in the Southwest region. And so that was my first taste of working with a small business owner, um, working alongside mom and pop record stores, getting them what they need to promote the artists of Sony Music Distribution. Fell in love immediately, they became family. And I saw that I'm a graduate of HBCU, so Morgan State University, um, the Earl Graves School of Business. He, is, he was the founder of Black Enterprise. And so those seeds were planted early on for me. Um, the dots were connected with my work through Sony Music. Fast forward to the work with the Quabba Bed and Breakfast Ends. I've been able to return home and I've had the privilege of continuing that work um, through other organizations, but nothing is more rewarding than being able to do it for yourself. You know, you've, I've had the opportunity to learn what works, what does not work, what serves our community. Um, I'm, I'm black, obviously, and so there's things that I don't have to try to interpret from a cultural standpoint, and I think it's, it's nothing more rewarding being able to serve your people. Real quick, we're proud to once again be working with Chesapeake Bank for this season of Coffee with Strangers. Chesapeake Bank is all about community and knows that we don't have to be together to come together. Learn more at chessbank.com together. And they're now open in Chesterfield. Now back to the coffee. I think that what people fail to realize when it comes to um, working with Black-owned businesses, and I don't think it's unique to Richmond per se, um, but Black-owned businesses oftentimes, this is not a business that has been passed on from a previous generation. We are not coming, we're coming into this thing with a lot of passion, with a lot of love, um, with a lot of commitment to be of service to our community, but not with a lot of financial resources, not with a lot of know-how, um, I'm, I'm calling this thing having your A-team in place, like having access to those resources, or even the support of your city. Um, for that matter, but we're coming with a lot of passion and commitment um, to w whatever industry the business is opening up in. And so that gives you an uneven playing field, right? And so um, 
that piece is important. You know, there's a certain type of understanding that you have to have, a certain type of grace that you have to give the businesses. Um, but these businesses are quite capable. In fact, in many cases, are more capable. Um, it's just not, they're not being started on the, on the same playing field as non-black businesses. So the Richmond Night Market, Adrian and I, we have, um, we originally founded the Artisan Cafe, the Richmond Night, almost 10 years ago. Um, the Richmond Night Market is simply an extension of the cafe. We always wanted to grow the experience to something more frequent. Um, and so we actually have it here at 17th Street Market. Um, and so we crafted that experience so that artists can have some consistent support. Many artists, are, they, they don't have the good fortune of owning galleries or they're not in retail spaces. They operate independently. They rely on online sales. And so we know the importance of connecting with the consumer in person on a frequent basis. And so we created the platform so that there's some viable um, you know, opportunities for them to connect with their customers, um, for them to generate some income for their family and just create some additional visibility for their brand. Um, we like social experiences. We have been supporting artists independently for almost 10 years, um, like I said, up and down the East Coast. And so we also use it as an opportunity to, to allow artists that are not local to experience our city. Um, we know that a lot of folks here are home, you know, homegrown. They're not necessarily traveling all of the time. But if we can bring a bit of some other cities here to our city, it's a beautiful experience. And if we can also offer a platform to showcase the arts, um, that's, that's simply what it is. You know, this is going to be season two for the Richard Night Market, and the plans were grand. <laughs> I mean, grand. And so I'm going to keep those secrets, those plans close because we're hopeful to be able to roll them out as soon as we return to some sense of normalcy. Um, but we did an immediate pivot. We knew that now more than ever, the artists needed us because how are they generating revenue if they don't have other streams of income, right? And so we did a very quick pivot. We did a lot of research very quickly to see what... Um, virtual experience offerings um, other folks were taking advantage of across the world and we landed on a platform and we said listen we are going to replicate this experience as best possible virtually and we did that um, and we're continuing to learn as we go but we have online shopping available we are interviewing it's almost like um, you're popping in and out of studio spaces virtually we're allowing uh, attendees of the virtual night market to to learn more about the artists, to see what they are creating, um, and then also see you know, what folks are doing in other cities. So that has been the advantage. A lot of folks have wanted to vend with us, but they're not local or they just haven't been able to get to Richmond. So now we've had artists participate as far as Puerto Rico um, as part of the Richmond night market. Um, and so we're continuing it until further notice. I mean, as long as we have to remain in this space, we'll continue to give this experience virtually and we will return to the in-person experience when we feel it's safe. So the Jackson Ward Collective um, has been in the works for uh, maybe almost a year now. Um, at the top of the year, um, Rashida and Kelly reached out to me um, and said, listen, I don't even know that they gave me an option. It was just more so like, this is what's happening. Uh, we, gotta, we gotta round out the team and you're going, you, you down or you're not down. <laughs> um, and so I was like immediately obsessed with the concept because it's an extension of the work that I have been doing. So I felt grateful that they thought of me um, enough to bring me in and um, just start to 
map out what this work is going to look like, get real clear on what our intentions are going to be. Um, but essentially, we're creating a community for black entrepreneurs to learn, grow, and own. And so the first phase is an online community. Um, we have an app that our members are able to um, utilize and, and tap into the resources that we are providing them thanks to partnerships that we have with you know, everyone from the city of Richmond, Office of Minority Business Development, to the uh, Metropolitan Business League, um, to BCC. We have been fortunate to have some early signers to be community partners with us. Um, and then we will transition to in-person experiences, uh, which we can't wait for, because we mapped this whole thing out and plan to launch this in October in person. Um, we decided against having it as a virtual experience because it's something about being physically in the room with each other, and so we wanted to have a proper launch. And then phase three will be all about ownership in terms of we, we will be, be entrenched in the real estate game. And so we are gonna be connecting dots with black entrepreneurs um, and meeting them wherever they are. If they are you know, in, in the early stages of their business or if they consider themselves in the growing stages or if they have established themselves, um, there's always room for growth, there's always room for community, um, and there's always a need for resources, whether it be technical, mentorship, or capital. Yeah, I mean, I haven't personally, physically, um, so my personal experience with the Black Lives Matter movement, I mean, I live and breathe the movement to a certain degree every day because of the work that I do. So although I'm not physically in the streets marching, I am praying for those that are marching. I am sending you know, money when I can to help because these you know, movements require financing. Um, and I am championing their efforts, you know, because enough is enough essentially you know enough has been enough and so I you know my protest is in the form of the work that I do every day and my commitment to ensuring um, the success of you know the the businesses that I'm working with um, but also lending my support um, where needed throughout the community to move forward and again and we're talking about Richmond but I think that this is you know some feedback for just the nation as a whole there's a certain level of atonement that needs to be paid, right? The, you know, the history of our country, the history of this city in particular. I mean, <laughs> so, you know, I think it starts with minimizing the lip service and um, really putting boots on the ground and lending your support by way of financial contributions, by way of access to real estate in this city to black people, to the black community. That is my um, ask. That is my consistent ask when, you know, when I'm being asked to be on committees all of a sudden, <laughs> as if you know, we haven't existed or the small business owners haven't existed for years. Um, but for me, it's, 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 a, it's, a, you know, it's a part of reparations. And so for me, my ask is access to capital, access to real estate, um, with no strings attached, and let's let us do our thing. I think it's so cool that Coffee with Strangers continue to exist and just grow and continue to allow us as a community to meet other folks that are doing incredible things here in our city. Um, I would like to say happy 50 year anniversary. I don't know if there's a celebration happening in some way, shape or form, um, but that's a huge feat to be able to continue to uncover the stories of folks that may be doing heads down work, 
and some that may be, you know, positioned um, a little bit more, have a little bit more visibility in the city, but I've enjoyed it. Um, and so I say thank you and happy 50th anniversary.